You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. Well, everybody, we got Joe Bell with me here today. Joe, I really appreciate your time. And if you have, aren't familiar with Joe, make sure that you head over to, he's, he's, he can be found on LinkedIn, of course. It seems like that's becoming more and more popular place for investors and realtors. Head over to LinkedIn, Facebook. But other than that, LegacyBeyondListings.com is the primary address for his website uh, that can I understand that there's probably quite a bit of content there for people to consume as well. But I really appreciate uh, you joining us today. And he's braved a blizzard up there in Alaska to join us today. So I appreciate that. Uh, uh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, Joe, I we're going to cover quite a bit of ground today, but I think this is going to be a, a great conversation because I told you that a lot of people that listen to any of these real estate podcasts are relatively new and they're trying to find some of those action items yep. to uh, carry their business forward or just to get started. And uh, I know that one of the things that I've been told about you is you have some strategies, especially about getting into real estate with no money down. So I think that's going to be of particular interest to everybody here today. But thanks cool. for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited for it. So let's let's jump right jump right in. Like you you've had uh, quite a bit of experience. I know you are uh, you're featured as one of Alaska's top forty under forty. <laughs> yeah, I um I I just crested the forty mark earlier this summer, so I don't know Can't how much say longer that anymore? I can use. I can't, I don't know how much longer I can use. At one time, I was. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So let's talk about, let's start things off talking about how you got into real estate investing. That's always an interesting starting point. Yeah. So uh, I got into real estate investing by way of opening a bar. <laughs> um, I happen to be, uh, baseball's a big piece of my background. I played college ball and after uh, sport was done, I went over into coaching and I was coaching a couple of kids. Their father was a um, uh, big time uh, old timer in the real estate uh, profession side of the world. So he had been in, been in the transaction side for, I think, 20, 25 years at that point. And one day I, I mustered up the courage to say, hey, Kurt, how do I get into real estate? I want to get into real estate. And he goes, perfect. I'll take you. But first, I need you to open this bar for me. <laughs> and uh, Okay, uh, so I ran down this tangent of uh, bringing a liquor license active and got the experience of uh, every man's dream of owning and opening a bar. Uh, that was my perception at the time. Um, and it was nowhere near the vision uh, that I had for that side of the world. So I lasted about nine months uh, before I failed miserably. I, I uh, was able to maintain the liquor license, uh, but I gave it back to him and I said, all right, back to this real estate thing. So got, got involved in the commercial side of real estate and immediately the real estate investment side of the world smacked me in the face. Uh, I, I was surrounded by a multitude of different investors, 
a lot was going on at that time. It was about 06, time frame 06, 07, when I uh, made my um, entry into the industry. And so it was just a natural, organic side of the world that I was uh, dropped into. And um, first, I had to make some money, though. So I learned how to do the real estate transactions. I, I was in the commercial side for, for a little while, found that residential paid more often. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not as big uh, a piece of the pie, but um, it was more frequent. And that's what I needed in my world as a 26-year-old coming into a new industry. So um, immediately being around all those commercial deals and commercial properties, I just had a knack for numbers and I started going through and finding deals on MLS and I would, I would cap them out. I would go and break down financials. These weren't my listings. Uh, they were just properties that I came across. And that gave me a real quick education into the investment uh, side of the world. You know, um, numbers is the language of business. And I, I, um, I, I found that part of it to be very easy. Um, or approachable is probably the better word, not easy. Uh, but it allowed me to have the conversation and develop the verbiage very early into uh, my real estate career. And so I naturally fell into uh, the investment conversations. I'm a guy that thrives off of opportunity and uh, potentials versus uh, being more limited by ceilings that are foreseeable. And um, so I just naturally... uh, Found my found my little niche over in the investment side of the world, but it wasn't until a couple of years later that I actually purchased a single family home. We fixed it up, yada yada, and that was that was uh, the quick but long story of how I ended up on the investment side of the world. Sure. So your real estate investing today, what does that look like? You buy and hold, or you fix and flipping, or wholesaling? What are you doing? Yeah, it's a multitude. Uh, It's really what opportunity presents itself. I've done everything except for development. So naturally, I'm in the middle of a development now so I can get that side of the world under my belt. Uh, We have a a fund that we created with our brokerage. Uh, Essentially, part of the cap dollars that a member pays into the brokerage, uh, we take a portion of it. And we've built this fund now where we're able to go and buy investment properties with the intention of earning a return on behalf of our member. And so those naturally just turn into a lot of fix and flip deals. That way we can, you know, try and um, try and boost up the annual uh, return on that fund specifically. And so the majority of deals that we run into are fix and flips, but my, myself or myself, I've uh, let's see, we've picked up a couple of deals that we now hold and as mentioned, um, we have a development deal. I'm in conversation on a, a small boutique hotel uh, that we'd like to pursue and acquire as well. So it depends on the deal. Sure. So now that you've had all of this experience, and like looking back on it, what are some of those tips and tricks? Like we really teased about this uh, concept of getting into real estate with no money down. That's, yeah. that, that's that uh, golden carrot that everybody seems to be chasing. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I don't know that you can expect to just jump into real estate investing with uh, no ethos of money. Uh, I think that's a little unrealistic. So if you don't have the money, then you have to find a way to attract the money. And uh, the easiest way that I've run into 
um, more when working with individuals that don't have the track record that I myself have is just really focusing on being a resource, right? Like, like you have a podcast, you're creating a resource for people to come to, to get knowledge, to create a network. And, and really that's the um, lowest barrier of entry for a lot of folks is saying, oh, okay, let's go find, you know, five really good podcasts. Let's go find five really good blogs. Let's go find, you know, five um, Facebook pages that have really good information and then start creating um, this sharing environment where you're now naturally becoming the resource for really good content, really good information. Um, but in doing so, you're also promoting other people's efforts and energy and content and helping them out in exchange. So it's really a win-win there. And by doing so, what you, what, what you create is the ability to say, hey, network of everybody, I just came across this really great three-bedroom investment opportunity. Who out there in this world is interested in the potential of investing? And then you just get to see what hands raise, right? And that, mm. that um, was a really big eye-opener for me because I had, I had built this, uh, you know, this natural uh, attraction quotient by posting stuff and um, doing a couple of deals and putting some of that content on Facebook. When I actually ended up asking the question, who's interested, I put on this little tiny get-together, no more than 10 people, and I just said, hey, Who's interested in learning more about what we do and potentially getting involved in investment? And it was like, bam, that little get together filled up. And I believe we walked out of there with, I, I think it was close to three quarters of a million dollars in potential um, that we could partner with as we move forward with our, with our investment strategy. So um, that was really neat. And again, it was an aha to go, oh, I just didn't realize that that specific uh, opportunity was out there until I asked the question. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a perfect example of where, uh, you know, you hear some people say that if you find the right opportunity, the money will come. Yep. You know, um, there's a, there's a big, you know, uh, there's a, there's a big effort and I would, I would make the argument that it's always good to build that buyer's list, but, one great way to build that buyer's list is starting off with a great opportunity for people and let them raise their hands. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got to, um, there was an analogy that we used to use. So I, along my real estate path, I ran a billion dollar brokerage, which is super fun to say, super sexy to say, uh, I'm not that cool. I just happened to hang out with a bunch of really cool people that were high producers. Right. Um, but in that process, I ended up jumping more into a corporate role of finding and acquiring talent. And so it was always, how do you fill the drawer, right? So uh, as you're going through conversations, looking for talented in in individuals to fill a certain role, you end up grabbing those that you don't hire and you fill the drawer, right? So you can always go back to it. It's that same concept in building this network it's just getting an understanding of who's interested and how much in resource that they potentially have to play with. All right now, the, the majority of folks in that network are probably going to be very similar if you're a newbie going, oh yeah, real estate investing sounds super sexy. I'd love to do it. Don't know what to do, 
right? And so you've got to filter through some of those, but you can help those individuals um, because sometimes they're unwilling to actually take the necessary steps to get involved. And so, you know, by again, focusing on helping others, you can attract more and more resources. Yeah, no. And uh, what I'm going to point out again, we, we started this conversation off before we hit that record button is that uh, it's it's interesting to keep running into guest after guest who who's referring to lessons learned in a book called The Go-Giver. And if, yeah. if people haven't read that book, I can't recommend it enough. In fact, it's one of the few that I've read twice. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's some great lessons to be had. And what, what uh, Joe is talking about here is exactly that. The more you give, the more you receive. And it's it's an old adage, but it's really, really true. Yeah, no, it it absolutely is, right? If you can get over the hump of, you know, being solely focused on how this is going to help me, um, and you can get into more of the abundance mindset, even if you don't have abundance, right? Uh, but the more that you can trend in that direction, the more doors that are going to open, the more opportunities that are going to show up, and uh, the resources will, they will find you, right? Because when mm-hmm. you're putting that much good out into the, into the universe, it can't help but find its way back. And that's just my personal philosophy. It might be a little airy-fairy for people, but it's worked really, really well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, one of the things that I always like to chat about a little bit too is that uh, a lot of people kind of stop uh, trying this until they get that first deal. Like it gets too hard. You know, this, what you're talking about is, is it's not an easy process. So let's talk a little bit about what that amount of work that needs to be put into this, you know, getting that first deal, making, sticking to your numbers. And then uh, it seems like once that first deal happens, then the light goes on and, and people realize that, Hey, this is actually possible. It's like, they don't believe it until that right. first deal happens. And then, and then the deals start to come more frequently. Yeah, for sure. I- you know, and I'll, uh, I'll beat a dead horse um, by mentioning, uh, you know, partnering with a mentor or a coach or something, uh, I should say someone uh, in that relationship, because the, the win will typically come a lot sooner if you attach yourself to somebody that's already doing it, right? And they've, they've now um, created a cadence in their world of transactions. And the more that you can get, I mean, even from an arm's length, the more that you can just be involved in the conversation and be a part of the conversation on a transaction, the closer you're going to get, the quicker you're going to get, it's going to naturally pull you in. And um, once you're, once you're just naturally, you know, and organically a part of those different transactions or just the first transaction, like you said, it has a tendency to suck you in unless you make a big rookie mistake and it scares the hell out of you, right? right. There's always that option. But more, more the reason to find somebody that has somewhat of a track record and see if you can grab onto their coattails to help you get in. Right. So before we go any further, I wanted to remind everybody where to find you. Um, so definitely look for Joe Bell on like every social network you can imagine, but, uh, legacy beyond listings.com 
is a great place. And I understand that you also have a book available, Assets, Acquisitions, and Abundance. And, and I, I know that's on Amazon, so it's easy to find. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Legacy Beyond Listings, um, you know, that was, that was my, my real estate transactional side coming, uh, kind of reaching out to a lot of the real estate professionals out there. Uh, because again, if I go back to when I was I was running this big, you know, brokerage, I was having conversations with licensees that had been in the business for 15, 20 years. And my question was always about, okay, what does retirement look like? You know, as a CEO, there was my right, like that was my duty was mm-hmm. to see how they're setting themselves up. And I kept running into this uh, response of, I don't have anything set up for retirement. Unless they had, a, you know, a partner that had a 401k, a pension or whatever. Um, but there were way too many individuals that had been in the game for so long that weren't taking advantage of real estate, weren't taking advantage of the transactions and the deals right in front of them, right? It was always, oh, you know, Joe, I haven't really done very good with retirement. I'll go ahead and start putting some money aside on the next deal. Well, that's BS, right? You mm-hmm. haven't done it up to this point. You're not going to do it moving forward. So we came up with Legacy Beyond Listings um, more as a, a premise of going, all right, how can we find ourselves seated in some of those transactions? We're watching millions of dollars exchange hands day in and day out. How do we start carving out a little bit more than just your natural commission that is there? And so that was the premise there. Um, on that website, there's a way to contact me. Uh, there's also a case study that we posted on there. Um, it's a very easy way to get a hold of me. But it, it is just a scenario where, you know, okay, so when I first got into real estate, there was this old crony. Actually, he's still around to this day. Uh, but he, uh, he took me aside and he goes, Joe, you get into real estate to buy real estate. And like, it, didn't, it didn't really hit me at that time when I heard it. Right, it was several years later where I was like, "Oh, geez, Bob was totally right. He hit the nail on the head. You get into real estate to buy real estate, and if we're not buying real estate, or we're not controlling real estate, or participating in real estate, right? Even just a a percentage more than your three percent, maybe you get seven percent, ten percent, whatever it is. If you're not participating, you're missing out on the golden opportunity that having a real estate license is." So, mm-hmm. no, that, you know, you bring up the legacy thing and that's always something that I, I like to explore because what you're talking about is people having to visit their why, why are they doing this? And if, right. if people, if people aren't taking the time to set aside what they need to for retirement, um, or they're not taking that action they probably haven't spent that time to evaluate why they're trying to do this. What's, right. what's that driving purpose? And if that's still not enough, that, that purpose is a, isn't, sadly, isn't strong enough to, to drive you forward, is it? Right. Well, uh, <clears throat> in my opinion, everybody's looking to be of value, whatever that means to the individual. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason... Uh, there are many of us, especially in this industry, who haven't placed enough value on ourselves as individuals to go and create something for ourselves. Uh, So I'd invite folks to take a step beyond yourself, take a step beyond your family, because that's a real 
All right. That's a real easy response. Oh, well, I do it for my kids. I do it right. Um, but really start looking at where the impact is beyond just your nucleus. Um, because whatever you do good for yourself will naturally overflow into your family and then hopefully naturally start overflowing into your uh, friends, right? And that group, um, or even more so into your community, into your state, right? And so you, you start building these levels of impact and where you have the ability, and it's sometimes hard for folks to, to look outside because they've been so focused on just themselves, but really start to look and go, okay, if, if I was to, all right, somebody's going to hold a, a gun to my head and go, all right, figure out a way to impact your community, you alone, and what your knowledge base is and the value that you have. It brings a totally different tone to the conversation, the conversation inside their head, the conversation of where can I be of value, right? What mm -hmm. zone of genius do I have that I can apply to impact not just my retirement account or not my family's account, right? You really start pushing over into your community and state and beyond. And uh, by, by taking such big measures, you naturally pull yourself through some of the smaller ones, which I'll refer to as your own individual retirement account and your family's retirement account. Is that tracking? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, I'm going to change the, change the topic a little bit here because yeah. we're, we're talking a lot about um, building that legacy. And when people get into that proper mindset, the business is going to start to grow and to scale. Yep. Um, when do you know when to start outsourcing and adding to your team when it comes to building this? Uh, it's a great question. And it's always a hard one because everybody's so different, right? Um, I'm, I'm not really good at a lot of things. I'm good enough to get me in trouble, right? Uh, but I'm not good at a lot of things. So I will hold those areas that I, I have my zone of genius. I will hold them so tight and I won't even try for any of the stuff I'm not good at. Um, so when you get to that point where you're, you're like, all right, I'm doing everything I can do, but I'm focusing on my strengths, right? At that point, you can start looking for leverage. But I would say even before then, the minute you start thinking about doing any sort of real estate investing, you should already be considering who in your network or what relationships you can leverage to get into relationship with the right who. Uh, because you're not going to be able to handle everything. There's just too much that goes into, I mean, even just running a, a, a business in, in itself, let alone having to go look at properties, uh, find money, um, the repairs, the contract. I mean, the whole thing, you, you naturally start expanding really, really quick. So I, I just like to focus on my zone of genius, where I excel, and the rest of it, right? If I'm doing... If I'm doing it correctly, I should have some attraction quotient. And if I'm saying it enough, I'm going to start bringing folks in from my network that are just naturally going to go, hey, where can I help? And right? I mean, it's a real easy question um, out to your network to say, hey, who's interested in getting involved? There's going to be a majority of hands that say, I have no experience, but I want to get involved. Great. Tie it into some leverage if you can. Because mm -hmm. you're exchanging education and resources, right, by getting their help and some of their leverage in areas that you don't have your strengths in. Right. 
I really like your term zone of genius. Is that original? Uh, I don't think so. I can't take credit for that. Uh, I've probably (laughs) heard that uh, along the way and I I can't recall exactly where, but um, it really makes sense to me. And that's why I use it all the time. Yeah, no, I I, I find that just interesting because you're you're absolutely right. You know, you have to start to value your time and efforts and you could either struggle and fight through something that isn't in your wheelhouse, has no in, something you don't have any interest in, or or uh, spend that time wisely finding the next deal, talking to potential sellers, a variety of things that you are, and having that expertise. Find that find that person that that type of task brings joy to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great, great way of putting it. I mean, it's, it's a real simple question, right? So if I was to ask you, okay, offense or defense, which one are you better at? Offense, right? You're, you're better at offense. Okay, great. Now, where over on offense? Are you the quarterback? Are you the running back? Are you the wide receiver, right? Sports right. analogy. I'm sorry, I come from a sports background. Uh, but then you start dialing it I'm in. I'm surprised it's not hockey, though, since you're in Alaska. You know, I and I I played hockey for a number of years and I didn't, I, uh, I guess I played football one season, but yeah, no. Uh, so center, a winger, a defense, a goalie, <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny because um, I am offense all day long. I suck at defense, but I was a goalie growing up playing hockey. Um, so it's kind of funny in that, in that regard. <laughs> so you know, one of the things that I wanted to chat about too, is that, you know, as these, as people are getting into real estate investing, especially for the first time, like, can you think of things that they probably should be aware of or things that they should be, they should avoid or uh, they should be cautious of? Um, you laugh. Yeah. I mean, there must be something like really top of mind here. Well, there's <clears throat> there's just so many damn pitfalls, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. because you don't know what you don't know going into it, which is why I say get a coach, get a mentor. But that doesn't mean go to the first class that comes to town, or well, I should say uh, first class you come across on the web and end up writing a check for $30,000 to get into bed with one of these programs. Now, those programs have worked for some, for sure. But uh, more often than not, I hear about the sob story of the individual that says, I stroked the check, but nothing really came out of it, right? So you just, you, you want to do your due diligence. You really want to dig in and take your time. I mean, this isn't something to Um, just go and jump off the deep end immediately. Um, But you have to have that mentality to be willing to jump off the deep end, right? Or the cliff and build the airplane on the way down because um, there's a, there's a happy medium somewhere in there that really, really works. And those individuals that have it or are willing to at least look at jumping off the cliff tend to be those that figure it out. Right. So, um, you know, coming out of the gate, really seeing where you can where you can apply somebody else's knowledge and know-how and experience expertise uh, if you if you don't have a real estate professional that you work with or you're not a real estate professional go find one um, they tend to be a, a really good source for deals for information you can get inside of properties and get an education just by doing that uh, so you know really look at uh, your network find out where you can leverage your network, where you can leverage some of those relationships. Because really, I mean, in all reality, you're probably just one 
dynamic conversation away from completely changing your financial picture. Right. So, you know, you're bringing up the mentors and the real estate professionals. So those are going to be my last couple topics we're going to chat about. Yep. Like if you're, you're, you're talking, we're talking about building your team and, and, and scaling, adding a real, this realtor or real estate professional, as you, as you call them is, yep. is one of those vital pieces. Like what yep. should somebody be asking a realtor to make sure it's a good fit? Uh, Something for me is, do they participate themselves, right? Have they, have they, do they have investments? Have they done investments? Give me some sort of background. Give me some uh, data. Show me that you know what the heck you're talking about and that you're not just after a commission, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's one of the big pieces when looking at real estate professionals to help get involved in the investment side of the game. Um, I mean, I I don't even really need to go a lot further (laughs) Um, because by asking that question, it shows you where their experience lies. It shows you if they are walking the walk, right? It shows you that they have some sort of uh, know-how when it comes to what you're looking at adventuring into. So that's probably the best question that I can leave you with, to be honest. Sure. Well, and then I'm going to say, ask you the same thing about picking a mentor. I mean, that's yeah. something that's going to be pretty vital, especially when you're when you're getting into real estate investing. Uh, if people haven't considered looking into getting a mentor, um, it it is one of those defining things that can really, really help you out. Um, yep. How would they? Where do they go about finding a mentor, and what type of questions should they ask? First thing is don't mention you're looking for a mentor. Don't mention you're looking for a coach. Okay. The, the simplest question, and this, this applies across the board, regardless of the industry that you're talking about. Uh, it, it always comes down to reaching out to your network and saying, hey, who is the best real estate person you know of, right? Or who has the most real estate experience that you know of, right? Again, we're leveraging relationships. You're finding that conversation and you just have to continue asking the question. So somebody points out, hey, you need to go talk to John. Great, I'm gonna go talk to John and I'm gonna say, John, I'm really interested in real estate. You know, What do I need to keep in mind as I move forward in the investment side of the industry? Great, you're gonna get that information at the end of the conversation. You go, John, this was amazing. Um, how can I help you? And then the very next question is, who else should I be talking to? Who is the smartest, you know, wickedest real estate person that you can think of? Who's the first name that comes to mind? Great, right? And all you're doing is you're top scaling. Hmm. And, and so then you go talk to that person. You go, if you were me, who would you want to talk to? Whoop, right? and, and that's all you do. And then you're going you're gonna to find that when you have enough conversations, you're naturally going to gravitate to somebody. It could be the first conversation. It could be the last conversation. And it could be somewhere in between. You'll feel it, right? You'll know because now when you're having the conversations, you're getting the experience, you're going through some of the meat and potatoes of the industry and it just starts to feel more comfortable and you know when somebody's legit and when somebody's just blowing smoke. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we covered a lot of ground today and I always end with one final question. Was there a question you wished I would have asked? 
Um, <clears throat> you know, there could be a question about dodgeball. Uh, there could be. A, <laughs> um, you know, again, you know your your basis better than I do, and I love the question. By the way, I don't want to try and you know get around it by any means. Um, but if there if, if there was one, um, I would probably I would probably say um, you know if so. A question that I like to ask is. Uh, if I had 30 days to go and make $100,000, how would I do it? Right? Mm-hmm. Now, for me, asking that question, it, that would probably have to be a million dollars to really provide some levity to the, the question itself. Um, but if you absolutely, like your world depended on it, how could you go and make X, whatever that, whatever that big number is to you, a million, 10 million, whatever. Um, and it's not so much about the answer. Right? Because there's activities within that answer that you can go and utilize. But it's more about the expansion of our financial thermostat, our financial IQ, whatever you want to call it. Um, because it's like a rubber band, right? And you want to just continue stretching it as much as you can because it won't ever go back to its formal shape. So in asking a question that takes you out of comfort to go, all right, Joe, in 30 days, what would you do to go find a million bucks right there? Totally takes me out of my comfort zone to go, Ooh, crap. Uh, haven't thought about that one, but in doing so, I'm going to exercise a different muscle and I'm going to exercise and open doors in my brain that are typically not ones that I'm looking at. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. In fact, uh, I, that's, that's an awesome way to, uh, I'm glad I asked that question now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. That that's that's awesome because I mean, time and time again, it is it's 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 a reoccurring thing. Our mindset is such a pivotal thing when it comes to any of our activity, especially when you're getting into real estate investing. And until you realize something is possible and you believe that something is possible, that's when things start to happen. Right. You know, we, we started this conversation with the, the concept of getting that first deal. And once you get that first deal, the rest of them seem to come more frequently and more naturally. That's that turning point. That's when you believe it's possible. And, and I'm trying to get people to that situation where they have that belief as early as and as quickly as possible because that first deal is going to happen more quickly for them. Right. Yeah. No, I really sure. like it's, this stretch of the, finan- the financial thermostat idea yeah. because I just talked to somebody the other day who is uh, a mindset expert and she's, oh. and she was talking about the concept of how we, have a tendency of mentally staying in a financial state like most of our lives. And that's that financial thermostat. And she, a, a great example is when people have a windfall uh, in some way. Yep. And next thing you know, they've decided the roof needs to be replaced. The car needs to be replaced. The, this mm-hmm. needs to be repaired. And you, you'll easily wipe it out because you've, you've stretched beyond your financial thermostat and you will 
in any way possible sabotage that to get you back to equilibrium. That's right. Yeah. So, no, that's yeah. that's that's great. So um, I'm going to start things off. That's my first of my summary. We kind of do a quick summary at the end of some takeaways for people. Um, yeah. So check that and and pressure your your financial thermostat. I really like your strategies around discovering and finding that mentor. I can't emphasize it enough what you just said about don't go in there announcing that you're looking for a mentor. That's <laughs> like that's the biggest turnoff. No. A mentor is you know anybody's ever going to find. And well, it's the give the, give give mentality that is a that's a great aspect. For sure. Yeah, no. I, the minute you go I'm looking for a mentor, you'll have 17 people tripping over the dollars that they see in their eyes going, "I'll be your mentor." You know, like <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. And I like that zone of genius focusing on what you're good at, what your interests in and and, and building your team around those things that um you know enough to be dangerous and believe me when you know only enough to be dangerous it gets dangerous it yes it does so now i really appreciate your time today joe um and uh, i'm going to like i said make sure that all the links are in the show notes um make sure everybody checks out finds you on social um otherwise legacybeyondlistings.com Yep. Anywhere else that you should direct them to to find you? No, not necessarily. There's uh I'm I'm sure there's other outlets, but legacybeyondlistings.com. If they want to schedule some time with me to just chit chat, great. I used to I used to be into this whole coaching mode, like go and schedule this call so I could see if I could get them into coaching. I kind of abolished that because there's uh there's not enough time in the day <laughs> for to take on yeah. a bunch of coaching. But I love the conversations. Like if I can help, I'm totally open to it. It comes with no strings attached. I just throw it out there. Not enough people take advantage of it, to be honest. But uh, yeah, legacybeyondlistings.com. They can download a case study. Um, yeah, that, that works. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, let's uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.